Prairie and welcome to week number three of Neighborhood Watch. This is our July 2021 series on the Matthew 25 parable or prophecy of Jesus about the last judgment where Jesus, where Jesus describes the king returning and putting those who have pleased him with their righteousness on the, on the right side, on my right, and uh, those who have displeased him on the left. And, and what was it? Was it their acts of piety? Was it their complete, full-on faith in Jesus? No. In the parable that Jesus tells, what qualifies them, what makes them righteous, is they did mercy, they gave merciful acts to those who were the least of these. Boy, I kind of screwed that up a little bit. They gave merciful acts. You know what I mean. So each of these weeks in July, we've taken one of the passages, one of the phrases in that parable, and we have explicated it. The first week on July 4th, we did, I was a stranger and you welcomed me. Various translations of stranger, I was a foreigner, that probably less, less on target, but still in the same general meaning realm, I was an immigrant and you welcomed me. So whether it's stranger, foreigner, or immigrant, we did a great sermon, I thought, um, with Professor Ana Maradiaga of Downley College, who herself is an Honduran immigrant, talking about what it's like to be an immigrant in America now, and looking back with a little bit of Alexander Hamilton um, to what it was to be an immigrant when this nation was founded. Last week on July 11th, we did the, the phrase, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. And our, our guest preacher for that was Pastor Ann Rundquist. She also, um, she also came in person to preach on campus. I mean, Pastor Ann just fired story after story. And it was a brilliant rhetorical technique. If you have not seen it, you should go back and watch it. It was this brilliant technique where by the time you've heard this, probably the 12th story, you're like, oh, you're exhausted. And then you think, oh Lord, this she and this church, they do this every day. And we're just hearing about it, you know, weeks, months, years later, and we're exhausted just from hearing about it. Um, that was a powerful message today. I hope you'll also, well, I'm sure you'll also find a, find a, a pretty powerful um, connection. We not only have Pastor Stephen Barbie, um, who is one of the two pastors who are the, the leaders of Second Chance House in Leavenworth, the other, the founding pastor, this is Pastor Jermaine Wilson, but uh, Jermaine and Stephen together have been bringing leadership to now two houses up in Leavenworth where returning citizens who are getting out of prison, either Lansing or Leavenworth, um, are able to have their own room in a safe, I say video watched, protected, um, clean, and love and scripture filled home. So you'll hear from Pastor Stephen and little vignettes from two of the residents. And uh, before I, I move on to, uh, to that, I just wanted to say thanks to Jake from Florida. Jake, honestly, every time I, I told Laura, hey, Jake from Florida wrote me a note and it sounds like that Jake from State Farm. So I don't know who you work for, but I hope it's not State Farm or at least this morning you're not wearing khakis. Well, you know what I mean. Anyway, Jake, thank you. So I want to read what Jake wrote from Florida. I just wanted to say that the last two weeks' messages have been very meaningful, heartbreaking. Yet I'm so happy to see your inclusion for those who are so unfortunate. I must thank you. Though I'm miles away, I'm fortunate enough to travel to Kansas City and to come home for worship at Caw Prairie. 
Jake, when that happens, be sure to find me on a Sunday. I would love to see you. And uh, thank you for tuning in. You're one of several I know that watch from Florida and uh, we appreciate all of you all around the country who are tuning in. And I pray being filled with the Holy Spirit, especially this month where we're being filled with the Spirit as brought to us by such a wide variety of Christ followers. So Jake and others, thank you. Well, so this the sermon series this week is Neighborhood Watch. And I think to have a church like we want to be, like Caw Prairie wants to be, that watches over its neighborhood, the church has to be full of people who watch over the church. And I don't mean watch over like, ooh, are there any bad guys? Is there anything going on? Yeah, I don't mean like that kind of grumpy neighborhood watch. I mean, I mean the joyful neighborhood watch that, that Christians bring to their communities, their neighborhoods, their circles of friends, their teams, their schools, you name it. But we also have people of that spirit in the church, and that's what makes a church so on fire for Christ. And I want to I wanna show you three examples of volunteer servants who are doing that and have done that in the last just randomly week. So the first one, uh, Rust-Oleum. Okay, this is really the wrong color because black, but I want to thank Dan. Dan has been outside in the heat of a Kansas summer repainting the patio chairs on the deck, the patio chairs and tables on, on the patio, on the cafe side, um, the benches on the, on the main entrance side where people rest um, while people come to pick them up in their cars. And uh, Dan, I appreciate that. I also know you've done some, uh, some other outdoor weeding and landscaping. And um, we appreciate you, Dan. And um, if this is your can, you can stop by and get it. But I don't know if you use primer or just the one coat. In any event, they look great and I love you. Um, the other one is this. Um, I don't know if it's spiritually appropriate to do a ping pong bounce over the, the Lord's Supper, but well, I don't tell. Well, God knows. Sorry. I just think, <clears throat> all right, that was not, not my finest moment. But anyway, the ping pong, the ping pong prop is to thank Kevin. So we've had, we ordered, um, because of a special gift from a Copperary family, we had some money to purchase new things for the youth program. So we have a basketball hoop outdoors, which is already being dunked on. Um, thank you, Jermaine um, and Devin um, and others. Um, but it's already being dunked on. But we also had this ping pong table. Now they don't come set up, right? I mean, they come in a big box. And so staff was willing to give it a try. But I said, oh, I'm sure there's copperers who will be happy to do it. So I had one of the kids write on it like, please set me up. And we, we had it all decorated at the back of the, the sanctuary by the soundboard, sanctuary gymnasium, by the soundboard. And the first week, I didn't hear anything from anybody. It just, okay, well, hmm, well, hopefully maybe next week someone will decide to put it together. The next week, a dad sees it, takes it upstairs, puts it together while the rest of the church is having coffee and doing teardown. And by the time I left the building this last Sunday, a couple days ago, we had a brand new ping pong table, and that, that evening, there were kids um, playing ping pong. Now, a long story, it's gonna go in the youth room, I think, eventually. Right now, it's in a prayer room, um, which I think God's okay with. Um, but it's such a small room that it's like playing Wally Pong. Um, so if you wanna see the loving action of another Caw Prairie, um, thank you, Kevin, for putting that ping pong table together. And uh, maybe we could have a, a good-natured 
um, like dad tournament or something. So anyway, appreciate that. Thirdly, <clears throat> I want to thank Libby for volunteering. There are lots of there are lots of cool people, lots of teenagers who are volunteering. Sometimes um, in our accommodations ministry with some special needs adults, well, what primarily one that works during the week, um, Isaac, but uh, a lot of teenagers. Jermaine was here yesterday, and then this morning was Libby. Um, uh, who else has been? Ellie has been here several times um, in the last week. So anyway, I want to thank uh, Libby for my coffee this morning. And as I was getting ready to sit down to film this, I just looked at the cup. Now, every cup you get has, I think, it's a different verse. Um, interesting fact. So early on, when they said, PD, what are some verses we could write? You know, because I'm working over in the cafe. I hollered, I don't know. But, uh, do you have room for a little one or a long one? And they're like, well, give us a short one. And I thought, oh, the shortest one is Jesus wept, right? So I said, well, how about Jesus wept? which is from the story of Lazarus, his friend Lazarus, who had died. And uh, so they wrote that, or whoever was doing it, um, wrote it down, but they were talking and a little bit busy while they were writing it. And so instead of saying Jesus wept, it ended up, ended up writing, they ended up writing Jesus swept. And <laughs> that was probably, that was probably one of the finer, finer biblical memory hours. Today's says, I loved you at your darkest from Romans 5.8. In other words, I loved you while you were still sinners. This is probably a colloquial translation, maybe the message. But anyways, I'm coming up here to film today's communion. I'm thinking forward to the message that Pastor Stephen and the testimonies that um, Mike and Jimmy are going to give us. These are men who in their darkest hour, while they were still sinners in society's eyes, we're offered a home. We're offered a room and a house. We're offered, in fact, um, Jermaine went over to visit them in prison and kind of interviewed them and, and then made them an offer that has changed their life. I loved you at your darkest. So anyway, Libby, thanks for randomly picking this cup out and uh, filling it with coffee. And uh, Holy Spirit, thank you for what you did this week in our sermon, and uh, Holy Spirit, thank you for what you've done at Second Chance House. Friends, on the night that our Lord Jesus was betrayed, when his heart was filled with fear, frustration probably, anxiety, but he knew that at his darkest, he had a mission from God and he would not abandon it. So he took bread from the table, he gave thanks to God, he broke it, and then he gave it to his disciples to eat. And he said, take and eat this. This is my body. It's broken for you. And I want you to do this for the remembrance of me. And in the same way, after supper, he took the cup. And when he blessed and given thanks, he gave it to them to drink and said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood. It's shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. And I want you to do this for the remembrance of me. And so together, those disciples and we here, the saints who followed, we pray together the prayer that our Lord Jesus, their rabbi and teacher, had taught them to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, now and forever. Amen. Brothers and sisters, I invite you 
to commune with the body of Christ and the blood of Christ. And then to open your heart to hear what God is going to fill it with from Second Chance House in Leavenworth. And if you'd like to make a donation for them in particular, you can do that by going to our website or the button here on the side, cawprairie/give. The pull down is missions, and under that you can simply write in the menu, <laughs> right in the notice line, um, Second Chance House. Copperary, we love you. Grateful for your support, for your watching. And uh, Jake from Florida, <laughs> thanks for the note. It made my week. Have a blessed day and get ready for a good sermon. Cool, McCarter. And uh, I ended up here because I was, I was in prison for, that was my third time in prison. Um, my, second, my second felony charge, but it was my third time. I had to go back for uh, 90 days. And um, I ended up here because when I was getting released, I didn't have nowhere to go. And it was around the time the COVID was real bad. And so none of the homeless shelters were letting people in. And I'd been approved for my disability, which I'd been trying to get for several years. And I'd been approved for it, but I, I hadn't received any payments or anything yet. It was gonna, you know, it was a process. It wasn't gonna be instant, like as soon as I got out. So I didn't have nowhere to go. And um, uh, the day before I got out, Jermaine had called me. I, I'd known Jermaine from a, a long time ago, you know, before before prison and everything. Um, I just didn't know he was doing. I knew he had the unity community, but I didn't know he was running like a second chance house or anything like that. So he told me he had a place for me, <laughs> and he helped me out. Um, a couple months after I started staying here, I had started getting my back pay, so I was able to reimburse him for you know the the rent that he covered for me and amongst other things you know he, he bought me a playstation 4 so i can keep myself occupied because I, I had a real bad problem with drugs so and he's like man what, what do you need to keep yourself sober and stuff and it's like man, if i have some video games you know they keep my keep me busy you know something to keep me busy because if i when i start getting bored and stuff then i start thinking about using again and so he did that and um, I was the first guy here and I think like a week later there was another guy Jimmy he moved in and several people after that um, he ended up making me the house manager I had the room down here for a little bit but there was a guy that um, was in a wheelchair obviously he was more disabled than I was so he was like well you guys can share rooms or uh you know, you can have the room upstairs and be the house manager. So I decided to do that. After I seen the room, I was like, okay, <laughs> I'll do that. Um, let's see. Uh, I've been here a little over a year now. Um, I'm actually in the process of trying to find an apartment. I just, um, it's kind of hard when you're a felon sometimes, especially a drug felon, because they don't, like a lot of the, uh, I applied to the, um, I think it's planners or something. It's an apartment downtown here that um, takes low-income people and you know Section Eight and everything. And they denied me because of a unfavorable background history, which had to have been my drug felonies. So um, I'm, I'm, I've been trying to find a place that's 
like uh, income based or you know to take section 8 so my rent will be you know I'll be able to afford rent and everything else because I only get I only get like seven seven ninety a month so yeah, <laughs> that and food stamps but um, when I first came to Second Chance House man uh, I expected it to be like all, all the other times that I got out you know like you want to do good but there's not there's not any resources man it's like you you go to your parole officer and all they want you to do is find a job and report they want you to do all these things but they don't provide you with the tools or the resources to get them done or, or you know like to do them well and Jermaine he just and he had all the resources and tools he set me up with a life coach he uh had me look. Had me take this class called "Thinking for a Change" um, with connections to success. So I took that class and um, trying to think what else. Is several other things. He just I didn't have to worry about anything. I had all the resources that I needed, and anything that I needed help with, I would I would ask him and. If he didn't, if he couldn't help me with it, he would find somebody that could, you know. And so, needless to say, this uh, the, is the first time out of all the times that I've been in prison and been on parole and probation and everything that I completed it successfully. Before I was to be released, um, Mr. Wilson called, uh, did a conference call with me, and he said, "Well, he says uh, I'd like you to be in my house," and I'm like. Okay, so where's that at? And he said, in Leavenworth. I said, I don't want to go to prison. He's like, no, no, uh, uh, I, have a, I have a house for people who don't have a place to go. And I said, well, that's a good thing. I said, because I really don't. Well, I'm Stephen Barbie and my colleague, Jermaine Wilson, and of course, uh, the Second Chance House Ministry. We want to thank Carl Perry and those that are listening here uh, for having us here on this occasion. You know, as I go to the Bible, of course, I want to talk about something, a call to action. A call to action. If you got your Bibles, uh, Matthew 25, verses 35 through 40. I give you time to go find your Bible. I know some you probably got on your laptop and others you're probably saying Google. But Matthew chapter 25 and verses 35 through 40. Let us just go to God in prayer. Father, right now in the name of Jesus, Lord, we do thank you. We praise you for this day. We thank you for this time that you've given us once again to open your holy word. Father, I pray now for the hearers of your word. Allow them to receive your word. Father, God, prepare their hearts to implant their word. But most of all, God, let them act upon your word. Father, Father, I pray now for myself, none of me and all of you. And when it's all said and done, let this time glorify and magnify you. In Jesus' name we pray and say thanks. Amen. You know, I once heard the story. A, a, a young girl was at the airport and she watched this man as he came into the airport. And, and, and he was just struggling with his baggage as he was struggling with his all of his luggage and she just watched him as he came through security and he was just struggling with this luggage and the young girl walked up to her she said sir excuse me and he said what is it she said sir just pulled the wheels out your burden is a lot easier saints i believe that us as believers sometimes we're like that man in the airport right we're carrying all of our burdens 
And you know what? The wheels of grace is there for us. The wheels of grace is there that we can walk this Christian walk and that we can experience this Christian life. And so as I come to you this afternoon, the call to action, you know, I'm going to read here and it says, then the king will say to those on his right, enter you who are blessed by the father takes what is coming to you in this kingdom it's been ready for you watch this here since the world of foundation notice there that Jesus Christ is speaking and this is one of his last parables one of his last lessons before he goes to the cross of Calvary and he's teaching the disciples he says listen the kingdom of God listen has been laid that which you're experiencing since the foundation of the world you see we think sometimes we catch God off guard no you know what sometimes we think that we're surprised God like boo God is like nah I knew I formed you in your mother's womb I know your personality I know your character and so what he's saying here he says look this has been ready since the foundation of the world even before God said in the beginning God created the heavens and the earth you know what? He was thinking about you and he was thinking about me. He was thinking about our strengths. He's thinking about our weaknesses. And as he goes on to say, he says here and here why? Because he's talking kingdom language. Saints, you and I as believers got to understand that as born again Christians were operating in the kingdom of God. Give us this day what our daily bread, right? And it goes on to say as it is in heaven. And we're saying, God, I want to operate in your kingdom. And so then he goes on to tell the disciples, he says, listen, I was hungry and you fed me. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was homeless and you gave me a room. I was shivering and you gave me clothes. I was sick and you stopped to visit me. And he says, I was in prison and you came to me. When you hear those words of action and you ask yourself, when have I served? Well, Jesus gives us the answer. He says, then those sheep are going to say, Master, what are you talking about? When did we ever see you hungry and feed you and thirsty and gave you a drink? And he says, when you did ever see you sick or in prison and come to me. It's interesting because sometimes in our Christian walk and our Christian journey, you know, people say you shouldn't question God. Well, when you question God, you know you're coming with doubt and worrying. But it's okay to ask God a question. That's what the disciples did. They asked Jesus a question. And Jesus says, here's the answer. Be careful when you ask Jesus a question or you ask God a question. Because he says right here, he says, then the king will say, I am telling you the solemn truth. You see, when Jesus Christ speaks to us, it's always truth. He can't lie. When Jesus tells us to do something, it is truth. When Jesus commands us to do something, it is truth. You know, it's interesting because when God asks you and I to do something, he's already given us the power to do it. Watch this here. He says, whenever you did one of these, you see, sometimes like I can't do it all. I can't do it all. So he says, listen. When I'm hungry, feed me. If you like to see God use you, feed the homeless. And you know when that one person is thirsty, he's not saying for us to do it all. He says when you do one of these, right? When you see somebody thirsty, give them something to drink. Or when you see that person that is shivering, right? Because they cold. Just give them your clothes. You know, we all got enough clothes in our closet, right? As a matter of fact, after this sermon is over, 
I'm convicting myself. I need to go home and clean out my closet. There's things in your closet. You know, you're not wearing those shoes no more. You're not wearing that jacket no more. It's time that you go in there and say, you know what? It's time to clean house. And I'm going to take these clothes and give them to the, those that are without clothes. And then it says, when I was sick, when I was sick. How many of us have you asked God? You say, God, I want you to use me. God, I want you to use me. And God says, listen, every day I want to use you. You know, on our jobs, every born again Christian is a minister. You may be a minister that teaches, a minister that works on the dock, a minister that has their own business. Wherever God has planted you, he wants to use you. He goes on to say, when I was in prison, when I was in prison, you came to me. You know, it's interesting because he says prisons last. You know, sometimes when we are dealing with individuals, right, we think about the physical prisons, right? We think about Lansing. We think about Lansing. We think about Leavenworth. We think about all these prisons across the country. But have you ever thought about the prison that you're in? I'm talking about emotionally. You know, sometimes as believers, we deal with depression. We deal with frustration. We deal with worrying. We deal with doubt, right? Those are prisons. But Jesus says, you know what? You came and visited me. You know, God wants our lives to flow with mercy. Not only does he want our lives to flow with mercy, he wants our lives to flow with love and compassion. You see, the mark of being in the kingdom is that you're able to flow out of those things. You say, well, Brother Steve, what are you talking about? Loving unconditionally. Being full of mercy. And I heard a good definition about compassion. Compassion is to do them good and make them happy. You see, let me say that again. Compassion, to do them good. It's not about me. It's not about you. But you see a need to clothe, to feed, to drink, to visit, to make them happy. You see, that is a mark that you and I are living and operating the kingdom. You see, we show our joy and our love by Jesus Christ. How? By serving other people. Ooh, that's a big word there, right? Serving. Serving. You see, because Jesus came to serve. The greatest example when Jesus got down and he washed the disciples' feet. He said, I'm going to show you the ultimate server. And the thing that is, is interesting, right? You know that he washed Judas's feet? Ooh. I would have to pray about that one. You mean the one is get ready to, to, to betray me? The one is get ready to, to, to push me into my destiny of the cross? I got to wash his feet. Sometimes serving is hard. But you know, as I talked about being a servant in the kingdom of God, watch this here. I got an action plan. Because the call to action. You see, the action plan, I'm, and I'm going to challenge you, and, and I'm going to encourage you, and I'm going to spur you on the action plan. You see, the action plan, I believe, is this here. He already laid out the blueprint, what we need to do, but sometimes we need an action plan. You see, the action plan is real simple. I'm going to take the acronym ACTION, right? We must acknowledge that something is wrong. You see, if, if we don't acknowledge something's wrong, we can't really be called to the action. But when you see individuals that are homeless, when you see individuals that are in prison, you know, here in the state of Kansas, even as I'm speaking, somebody got out today. That's the reason why we had the second chance ministry, because there's a need in our city, in our state and in our country to meet the needs of the people. You see, we have to acknowledge that there's something wrong. 
But then my second point is this here. We must care for those we're helping. You see, no action plan means no action. But I'm here to challenge. I'm here to encourage you that we have to acknowledge that there's a need. And then we have to care for those that God is calling us to help. You say, well, what else is there, Brother Steve? It's real simple. We must take responsibility to help them. Listen, it's not about us anymore. It's about us serving in the kingdom of God. Why? Because we acknowledge those, we care for those, and watch this here. We're going to take action. Why? Because we're going to take responsibility to help them. And then what must we do? Acknowledge, we must care, we must take. And watch this one here. We must get involved. Listen, we must get involved by choosing to help. Listen, I'm not going to sit up here, beg and plead. I know the Holy Spirit is tugging on you, just like you going through the airport with that luggage, right? Remember, it's time to let God use you. Why? Because it's time for you and I to get involved. Listen. We have enough spectators. God needs some participators in the kingdom of God to meet the kingdom need. How? By being used by God in the kingdom of God. Listen, not for my glory, not for Pastor Dan's glory, but for the glory of God. Listen, once you get involved, we must organize. Listen, we're going to implement help. He says, not us doing it, but it's the Holy Spirit that is indwelling us, that giving us the peace to go, listen, into the highways, into the byway. Listen, it's time for some of y'all to step into the prison. And you will get out the same day. But it's time that you come into the prisons. Why? Because scripture says, when I was in prison, you visited me. And you're like, well, if I acknowledge it, if I have the care, if I take action, if I get involved, is it organized? What else is it for me to do? It's real simple. We got to do it now. No delay. We have to do it now. That's the action plan. That's what Jesus was telling the disciples. That's what he is challenging us to do. Listen, call Perry, both near and far, Kansas City, the state of Kansas, the United States. Listen, God is calling us to action. It's time that the body of believers get active in the kingdom of God, doing God's work for his glory. I pray that this message has challenged you. I pray that this message has brought confirmation. And I pray most of all, you say to this, I'm getting up tonight or tomorrow and be a man or woman of God of action. May God bless you. May God keep you is my prayer. So my first day out, I'm like, I'm like a new kid. And I don't even, I, I'm, I'm so anxious that I'm, I'm like, what do I do? Where do I go? And so the first thing my mentor did was take me out for an ice cream. And that was so cool. <laughs> I mean, even in April, it was cool. And we sat at St. Mary's down here. And and because uh, he was a he was a professor for 27 years of history at St. Mary's. And 27 years before that, I mean, from the time he became a professor, to before he was 27 years in the army. So he's led a full life. And, uh, but he just said, I have a feeling that you are going to be successful. And I said, I'm gonna do my best to be successful. Have I done everything right? No. But I'm, I'm no, I'm forgiven. And had it not been for the father putting it on the hearts of George and, and uh, Jermaine that uh, 
you need to give this guy a chance, then I wouldn't be successful. Because I would be paroled to myself or I would go to a halfway house and I don't know the rules down there, but it didn't sound good from the people that I work with. And that's the other thing that father did. He said, uh, he gave me a job when nobody was hiring, at least not here during COVID. Uh, and I got a job and I've been there ever since. And it's, it's really been a, uh, I know that I don't deserve the chance that I got, but I'm glad I got it. And that's my story. Probably be homeless or back in jail. Cause that's, that's my first thought, you know, like, um, before I knew that the second chance house was here, I was like, my first thought was going back to, to what I know, you know, which was, I was going to be homeless again to deal with being homeless. I was going to get high and getting high. You eventually go back to jail or, or overdose. I haven't did that yet, but I mean, <laughs> so that's what I, that was my two options of, you know, being homeless, running around, staying in abandoned houses and getting high. Cause I mean, I don't know, it's just depressing. So that's what, that's what I would, that was, that was my plans. And then Jermaine called me and I was like, Oh, okay. Is <laughs> is a big surprise. And so second chance really has given you another chance to live yeah, life. Yeah. That's what I told Jermaine. I was like, man, I've had a lot of, a lot of second chances in my life, but I've never had a chance like this. You know, this seems like a first chance to me. <laughs> it almost seems like a first chance. So. Wow. Wasn't that something? I mean, not just Stephen, but, but Mike and Jimmy, uh, you can tell the Holy Spirit has been at work in those men's hearts and in that place that they've built there, that community that they've built, that neighborhood that they've built to watch over the least of these, these prisoners who are returning to society and who needed the structure and the grace that Stephen and Jermaine have been able to show. I thank God for what they're doing. If you'd like to join me in thanking God, also with a special donation, obviously, Caw Prairie is, is generous with all sorts of mission partners, but gathering, I'm sorry, but uh, not gathering table, that's, that was last week, um, but Second Chance House is one of our newer partners, and so we don't have a relationship with them yet, although we're growing it, and so if you'd like to give directly uh, a gift to them, you can do that by going to Caw Prairie backslash give or whatever slash it is nowadays, Caw Prairie slash give, and do the pull down menu to missions and in the memo line you can write Second Chance House or for last week's um, gathering table, um, either one. But um, I want you to know that in later August, we will be having a focused Second Chance House mission outing to clean, do repairs, things like that up there. Now the men in the house do the chores and keep it clean, but there are some things that, uh, that outsiders with a little bit of talent or more elbow grease could do, and it's a great way, parents, to expose your kids to what it's like um, to be loving even the least of these, um, these folks who made a bad decision and have paid the price and are desperate for a chance, a second chance, to start giving back to society again. In the meantime, um, pay attention to our upcoming week of service, the first week in August. And if you wanna find out more about that, simply you'll go to Caw Prairie 
www.cooperative.info. Copperi, thanks for being with us for this Sunday. I look forward to seeing you next Sunday when we are doing the final passage of the Matthew 25 parable prophecy, I was sick and you visited me. See you then and have a blessed week.